Yeah, in the Chicago area this week, so just drove back yesterday, and it's good to be back. I, man, feel like we could go home now, and it would be, it would have been, man, such a great morning already. But I believe God has something important for us to, something additional to take with us from his word this morning. We, uh, I remember this story as I was driving back yesterday. A few years ago, when I was engaged to be married to my lovely bride, Reagan, I woke up one morning at my little house where I was living with a friend, and I went outside, and there on the doorstep was this little envelope with a note inside. And I opened it up, and I read it, and I'm not going to read it to you right now, but it was this, this special note that my fiancé had written to me about how she felt about me, and it just really touched my heart, so much so that I kept it, and I've still got it to this day. And, yeah, isn't that sweet? I know. <laughs> I don't know what she just said. I don't think she's a fan of this whole thing. But I've actually got a little a place at my house where I've got a collection of, of other notes that Reagan has given me or that other people have written. I've got some cards from kids. Here's a happy birthday for my oldest son when he was like five, and there's Thomas the Train on it, I think. And there's just a whole like collection of these really special words that were, that were written to me that I wanted to keep and hold on to. And I think there's, that's a thing that a lot of people do, that a lot of us do. I was, well, my, my youngest son, Ian, he's nine right now, and in his bedroom, he's got a big, uh, the cutout from the newspaper from when the Royals won the World Series last year. And I remember when I was a kid and the Royals won, like I lived in Asia and my grandparents sent us the clippings and we held on to those for like years and years of all the stories of this great victory that had been won. Like we wanted to hold on to that. I was, this past week I was in Indiana and I went to a Five Guys restaurant and I noticed like all over the walls were these blow-ups of favorable reviews that newspapers had written about, about their restaurant, especially when they first started, and how wonderful they were. And so there were great things that were said. When, when things are said about us that are, that are encouraging or affirming, or when there's a, a great victory that happens, there's something in us that wants to hold on to that. And that's important. And we've been talking for the last month about the question, the theme, can I hear God? And let me just ask you this, a show of hands. No, you know, don't feel bad if you can't raise your hand or don't raise your hand. But how many of you would say, yes, I have heard God's voice at some time in my life in some way? Just raise your hand. Yeah, wow, that's a whole lot of hands. Now think about that. Most of us are saying, I have heard the voice of God. And many of us would say, we've heard that many times. And that's way more valuable, and as, as wonderful as, as these things are, which they're pretty amazing, that the living God would speak to us in an encouraging way, in a way of truth, and tell of who he is, and his affirmation of us, and of the victory that he has won, and how that applies to our life. Like, that is really incredible. But so often, this, and we're ending this, this series today about Can I Hear God? It's so important that we not only hear God, but that we hold on to what we hear. Because God's word has the effect on us. It's, it's 
we get the full benefit as we hold on and remember and let it go deep into our heart. We're just going to have a couple verses today. One, this very short theme verse from Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. There's a, there's a phrase in this, in this verse. It says, holding fast to the word of life. Holding fast to the word of life. That phrase, hold fast, means to hold your position or hold your gaze. It's holding fast with your attention or your person to whatever you're, you're holding on to. And so, the question, it's, it's just saying, hey, there are words of life that God brings to us, but it's essential that we hold fast to those, that we fix our attention on God's word, that we hold our gaze on, God's, on what it is that God says to us. And it's, you know, it's really interesting that in the Bible, when you read the Bible, there's a very strong correlation between God's words and the person of Jesus. When we're talking about the word of God, we're not only talking about things that are spoken, but we're, we're actually talking about the very person of Jesus. We're talking about a relationship with the living God that is through Jesus. One of the names of Jesus is the word from God, the communication from God. The word became flesh. God speaks to us. In Jesus, and many of the things that are said about God's word, that God's word is life, God's word is light. Those are the same things that are true about Jesus, or that the Bible says about Jesus as well. And so, we're not just talking about like, hey, you need to study this book or you know study these words that were spoken, but we're talking about hearing God and holding on to, holding fast to His words. We're really talking about holding on to our friendship with Jesus. We're really talking about the interaction and the, the closeness of the friendship with God that he has available for us. Um, so it's hold fast to the word of life. Now, you know, how many of you know it's, it's crazy like how easy we forget, right? I mean, I, I feel like this is more and more true about my life, that there are so many things. I find myself standing in the kitchen, opening the fridge, going, why am I here? There was something I was supposed to be getting, but, and like, it takes me about, you know, 20 seconds to think, oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was. But it's so easy for us to forget, and even the things of God, even God's words to us. And so, we're going to talk about that this morning, and really the, the rest of our time here this morning, pretty much talking about how do you hold fast to God's word. Uh, if the last few weeks we talked about the fact that God does speak to us, that he speaks to us in many ways. We talked about what some of those ways are. We talked about how we can hear God better. We talked about some of the hindrances to hearing God and some of the distractions that keep us from hearing God. And I'm not going to go over all that again. If you missed any of those messages, I'd encourage you to listen online because there, there's so much in there. But today, we're just looking at how do you hold on to what God speaks to us? How do you hold fast to his word after, after you hear that? Joshua 1.8. These were instructions that that Moses gave to Joshua as he was passing the torch of leadership for the people of Israel to him. And he says this about holding fast to God's word. The book, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Hold fast. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do it according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous 
and then you'll have good success. I think in this verse, it really gives us some practical pointers of how do we hold fast to God's Word after we hear it. First thing we've got to do to hold fast to it is remember it. Now, like I said a minute ago, it's crazy how easy we, we forget. And so much of the Bible, so much of the Old Testament in particular, is God saying, hey, remember what I've done. Remember what I spoke to you. I've done all these things. I've shown myself to you. I've demonstrated this to you. I've given you a direction and purpose. And I've told you how much I love you. Remember it. And human nature is to forget. And to let other thoughts and other idols and other values come up into our life and to forget what God has done. It's, it's crazy how easy it is to, to forget. And there's some practical things we can do. It's great that when you, when you listen to a message, when you read your Bible, to, to have a notebook or some way for you to write down when God speaks to you. That, wow, God is actually speaking to me. Usually when I, a great way to read the Bible, something I often do is say, God, would you speak one thing to me today? Just one thing that you want, one thing that you want to speak to me. And there will be one verse or more that really jump out. And what I usually do is, is write that down. And then try to think about it throughout the day and remember it. Now, I, I don't do that perfectly. But it's good to, okay, God, I want to hear you and then I want to remember. I want to, I want to take it. I was, this past week I was with my, my two friends, from high, two of my good friends from high school. And it just came up in conversation. One friend was talking about his, his church experiences. He lives in Fort Worth, Texas. And he was talking about the frustration of finding a a good environment for his... They were in a church that they really liked, but he felt like his kids weren't really being taught God's Word. And he's like, you know, I think there's so much now in churches where it's so much about entertainment. He's like, man, back in the day when, when I was a kid, we had so much, like, scripture memorization that was part of our church experience. And he's like, he said, that doesn't really happen anymore. It, at least that's been his experience. And there's something the Bible, uh, the Bible talks about memorizing God's Word. In Psalm 119, it says... I will hide your word in my heart. And the way we can do that is to, to memorize it. Um, it's, it's wild, even with, with these friends. It, it came up, that same friend, my friend Brent, twice he said, you know, remember we went to this Christian school in middle school and high school. He said, remember when Mr. Cranston, rem- we memorized that passage, 1 Corinthians 13 in 8th grade. And he was like, yeah, I remember that. And that has stuck with me my whole life. And so, there's a, there's a power of taking God's Word, not just reading it, but committing it to memory, putting it inside of us. And then it's amazing how the Holy Spirit brings that to mind as we need it. There are promises that God speaks to us, or prophetic words that we hear from other people. And we can hold on to God's Word by going back to those things, remembering them. I have some old prophetic words that God has spoken to me through other people and it's been recorded, and they're on cassette tape, actually. And recently, I, the good thing is, my cars are old, too. And so they got cassette decks. And so recently, I was just like, put them all in my car, and I was just playing through them all. And I was like, man, this is so powerful. That was, that was 15 years ago. That was 20 years ago. That was five years ago. Now, not, like, not the cassette tapes, I guess. That would have been at least more than five. But that is, man, that was a promise from God. And God, I've seen how you're unfolding that. And God, I want to keep trusting you for your promises. So we hold fast to God's word by remembering it. We hold fast to God's word by by reading it. That's just kind of implied in this whole Joshua thing that you you don't know God's word. You can't meditate on it and do all the other stuff until you ingest it in the first place. And, man, it's so important that we are getting in the word. 
like we've talked about, the most important way or primary way God speaks to us is through the Bible. And it's always there. And as we read it, as we hear God's Word, you can hear messages, you can listen on audio. There's so many apps now, so many great ways to, to hear it, to read it, to take it in. That helps us to, to hold on to it. Um, you can hold fast to God's Word by, the more you read it, the more, the more it sticks. I was, you know, if, if, someone, if you hear someone say, you know, I, I read the Bible about two hours a day. You go, oh my, yeah, that's a lot. That's crazy. But the average American spends over two hours a day watching television. And based on what, like, what study you read, I just Googled this yesterday, but between 8 to 15 hours, or the, what I saw is how much time with media. Like, wow, we are letting a lot of other things hold our attention all the time. And I'm not putting that two-hour number or one hour or any number in front of you, but I'm just saying, man, if there's a value in something, there's an intentionality to find a time in our life. And I guarantee you, man, if, if you do that, if you carve out time in your day and say, man, I'm going to, God, I'm going to read your word daily. I'm going to ingest it voraciously. It will bring life. It will bring freedom. It will bring incre- the benefits that God wants us to have in our life. So we remember it. We, we read it. Third way to hold on to God's word is to speak it. In that Joshua 1 passage, he says, meditate on it day and night. Don't let it depart from your mouth. There's a power in speaking the word that we hear, the word that we read from God, and speaking it in our mouth, of repeating it over and over and over. That actually, that word meditate in Joshua 1, it has both the connotations of thinking and speaking. Uh, in, the, in the Eastern mindset, the, the, that came, the, the Hebrew mindset, meditation is, is speaking things over and over again as it's worked into your soul. That word meditate can actually be translated like, like moan, or it's declare, or utter, but it can be like moan or growl. It's a, a lion would meditate when it growls. You're like, wow, that doesn't sound like meditation. But it's this deep, like, your word is a light into my feet. God, you are for me. Nothing shall stand against me. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. God. Your promises are yes and amen. There's this meditation of getting God's word in your spirit and speaking it, declaring it, confessing it. And we hold fast to it in that way, and it transforms us in the process. I was thinking back to my, my first year in, um, in, as a campus minister. I knew there were areas of my life where God was wanting me to grow, especially in the area of boldness and confidence in, in God's victory and that his kingdom was growing. And I, I just found all these scriptures that God had spoken to me, that I read, that I, were the area, like, about boldness and about God's victory. And I just typed them all out in a couple sheets of paper. And every morning, I went down in my basement, and I walked around, and I declared those truths about what God said about me, and the boldness that he had given me, and the victory, and that how his kingdom was expanding, and how he wanted me to be in the middle of that and be part of that. And... I look back, it, it was a season of my life, I didn't hold that, I don't still have that same thing, actually, I lost it and I wish I hadn't. But I, I, go, I can look back and say, man, you, I changed. There was something that happened in my life as I was holding fast to God's word and speaking it daily, that the boldness in my life increased, the confidence, the faith, the courage. And I continue to practice that. It's a powerful way to hold on to God's truth. When we speak it, 
So we, we remember it, we read it, we speak it, think about it. You know, it's all part of this meditation. Not just hearing God's word, but letting it, letting it preoccupy our minds. Keeping it on the forefront of our thoughts. God, you said that. What's that really all about? I've read that scripture. What is that? What, is, what are the implications of that? What does that mean? I've got a friend who once went out to eat with, a, with an NFL football player. And they had ribs. And there was another guy there, and he ate a couple ribs and put the, put the bones back in, the, in the, the plate on the side like he was finished with them. And the NFL football player goes, are you done with those things? You're not done with those ribs. There's a whole lot of meat on those bones still. And he, like, grabbed the ribs and started, like, chewing on them. <laughs> and a lot of times that's what we're like with God's Word. Like, we just kind of hear it and we chew on it a little bit, but there's a whole lot of meat that's left. And the more you chew on it, the more you get. John 3.16, you may think like, man, I've heard that. I know God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But you could just chew on that rib for the rest of your life and keep getting more and more nourishment. More and more like truth. God, realizing who he is. His heart for the world. The freedom that he brings us. His heart not to condemn. Just keep, the more you chew on it, the more you meditate on it, the more you realize that there is more in what God has spoken, and the more it changes our life. And we, we think about it. And then the last thing I want to talk about is we obey it. James 1.22 says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers also. And we've talked about this over the last month. Just what was the last thing God spoke to you? What did you do with that? And God's word doesn't come to us just to tickle our ears, but he... He encourages us, and he also gives us instruction and leads us into what he has for us. And the more we obey God, the more we keep hearing him. That was in this, in this Joshua passage. So that, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. It's not just hearing it, but walking it out, obeying what God has spoken to us. God gives us direction for our life. He gives us direction for our finances. He tells us who to and invest in, who to love, who to give ourselves to. And there are words that he comes to us that then he's, he's waiting to see, okay, what are you going to do with what, I've, with what I've spoken to you? I have, there are a couple things I've heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me in the last couple of years that have been just directions for my life. Just on a very practical way, I heard God speak to me a while back. He said, 10 hours a week of evangelism. I was like, oh man, okay. That's, I want you to be spending 10 hours a week with people that don't know Christ building relationships and looking for opportunities to share your faith. Have I obeyed that perfectly? Unfortunately not. I am working on it, but I keep going back to me. And that is something I know God spoke to me. And I come back to, okay, God, this week, I, I count every week. How am I doing? How am I using my time? Am I giving myself to the things that you've called me to give myself to? So hold on, holding fast to the word that God gives us. That's that's where we really get the benefit of what God has for us. There's so many promises in the Bible of, of fruitfulness in our emotions, in our relationships, of peace, of joy, of our finances, of every area of our life that as we hold fast and apply God's word to our life, there are so many blessings. But it's, it, requires, it, it, it requires us holding fast and grabbing on to, to what he says to us. God is a God who's speaking. He's a God who is, yeah. That was a good point. 
and feel it over there. God's a God who's speaking. The question for us is, what will we do with what he says? How will we take the words? How will we hold fast to what he says? I just want to close with one more scripture. John 8, 31. So, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide, you could say, if you hold fast in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's God's call for us. It's a call to be disciples. A call to be his followers. And he defines it right here. Hey, disciples are those who hold fast to my word. Who listen, who value it, who hunger for it, who meditate on it, and who apply it in their lives. We're, man, that's, and that's just the kind of people that change the world. That's the kind of people that walk in freedom and the kind of people that are having something to give everywhere they go. I'm going to pray. Just ask God to, to help us in this. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that, you're, thank you, that you speak. Thank you that you sp- you've spoken to our hearts today. And I, I suspect dozens and dozens of ways. Lord, help us to, to hold fast to your word of life. Help us to grow in seeking it and holding on to it and living out of it. Lord, we we look forward to the new vistas you lead us into as we do that. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Ginny's going to send us out here. Um, I have... I just want to mention a couple things about the next two weeks as she's coming up. That next Sunday we got a special guest speaker, our friend Pastor John McDermott from Morningstar Church in Lawrence is going to be here. And so he, many of you have heard him before, many of you haven't. He's just a dear friend and always brings someone's life and faith and loves our church so much. So uh, just come with expectation for, for the next Sunday. And then in two Sundays, it's Easter. Resurrection Sunday. So some of those guys will be starting that weekend off right, celebrating the victory of God, and the battle being won with some paintball and great breakfast. But then Sunday morning is Easter, so we're, we're going to kick off a new series called Running on Empty. And that's kind of a double meaning. We're going to be talking about the way many of us feel so often that we're, we're running on fumes. Like it can feel like we're, we're running on empty and looking at what God has to say to meet us in that place. And help us to, to not just be living in a place of feeling like we're on fumes. But also how it's running on empty that it's from the empty tomb. That what Jesus accomplished at the cross and his victory over sin, that because the tomb is empty, that's the source of life that God wants us to walk out of. So really believing God's going to do great things. It's a great thing to invite your friends to. Um, just believing for a powerful Sunday and for a um, you know, powerful month. We'll be heading into. So, Ginny?